Hello, everyone, and welcome to Griplock Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined by Trevor. No Connor today, just Trevor and I. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to kick it off with a good question from our Foundation Nation Facebook group about dynamic discs this offseason. The Simon Lozato MVP is official, and the deal info was leaked. Didn't find out that was a leak until this morning. A uh, little Discraft Tour Series stuff that we got going on the side, a little Trevor's trivia, some offseason player tracking, and then we'll talk through the new version of Debate Night, all coming at you. But if you want to be able to get access to everything we're about to talk about in your inbox every single week, check the link in our description down below to sign up for the Griplock newsletter. You'll get our show notes sent straight to you every week. So even if you miss an episode on audio or on YouTube, you don't actually miss it's like the episode. notes. Exactly. It keeps you up to date with everything going on in the disc golf world. So you know what you're talking about when you're hanging out with your friends. But let's get into this uh this question that was posed in the Foundation Nation group, and you know, to be honest with you, I hadn't really thought through it, but after reading it, they brought up some really good points. So okay. I want to I wanna okay. kind of talk through this. This is from Ethan Watson. He said, I would be very fascinated to hear Hunter and Trevor discuss this point on Griplock. Well, here you go, Ethan. There's a discussion every year about what companies won and lost the offseason, quote-unquote, drafts when it comes to players changing companies, new contracts, and whatnot. I always enjoy these discussions. I wanted to share my two cents on one specific company that I don't want to fly under the radar with other big announcements. I hope my information is correct. Forgive me if I'm misinformed. Is Dynamic Discs okay? Yes, they have Ricky, but they seem to they seem to bleed players and staff members pretty regularly. Bobby Brown left a couple years ago, and he was the head of social media and wore a few different hats for Dynamic. He talked about his mental health when he left, and I commend him for doing so. It's not easy to publicly announce. Bobby then took what felt like a full leave of absence from disc golf, but now he's back with Clash doing their social media. Not to mention Robert McCall left prior to that. Then Paige Shue is leaving, also is a big red flag. We all rose an eyebrow to Kona leaving Innova when she had deep ties to that company. And Paige just did the same thing uh, to one of Dynamic's biggest competitors, Discraft. She had some concerns that Dynamic just wasn't able to resolve, yet her dad has leadership roles of the company. Not that it's an automatic solve-all, but it is curious. They just lost Mason Ford and Valerie Mandahana to Mint Dis and also Discraft, two more talented players leaving contracts early. Something just doesn't seem right. I do enjoy that the company, and it makes me sad to see them struggling to keep talent. What could be the reason? Is it the leadership? Is it the money? Is it the expectations of the players and employees? Or is it a way of business? Just something doesn't seem right, and some things are more valuable than money. On the other hand, if you have a family, Discraft's all about that. Anyways, my two cents. I'd love to hear others' options slash thoughts. This, Super excited for Simon, by the way. This is interesting. Um... Disc Mania, or not Disc Mania, Dynamic Discs um, has historically had a reputation of like a really good, like family type atmosphere in that company, right? Like they always kept people around. Um, but you're right. And when you lay out all the red flags, so to speak, you know, um, I didn't even think about the, the Bobby Brown situation. And Robert McCall. Robert McCall. He was. The- if you look at each decision individually, it doesn't. Yeah, they it, all have good reasons. Right. When left. you look at them all together, and then because like the Paige Shoe one was a big red flag for me because her dad is in the company. So like, and here's the thing about Paige Shoe: I understand that she is a world champion, but she's not a high value player at the moment. Um, she so like the idea that just like oh, Dynamic just couldn't match an offer. Mm, I don't really know if I buy that. You know, I would think they'd be able to offer more potentially. So I, I think when you look at, you're right. It, it, I'm glad you lay them all out like that because when you look at all these red flags, you see some interesting patterns in dynamic. And I feel like I've heard a lot of players voice. I here's the thing. I hear I heard a player like Val Mandahano voice how incredible dynamic was to her, and then she leaves. So 
There's a, there's a, I mean, I don't want to speculate, you know, super negatively about Dynamic. I was a part of D- Team Dynamic at one point. Now, my interaction with them was not crazy in depth. I was just an ambassador for them. But everybody I dealt with was incredibly nice. The team manager was super nice. Um, and I've also met some people within that company, like Danny Lindahl, who's been in there for a long time, incredibly nice guy. So I don't know any of the super upper management guys. Um, I've maybe talked to Emac a couple times. You know, I he was nice to me. I haven't talked to like Rusco, but it's interesting because I see a company from the outside that looks to be like picture perfect, run really well. But then you see some things that happen like this, you know, that are like, hmm, maybe there's some things internally that aren't great. And then like they signed the Kona deal. Things maybe didn't work out as much as they thought they would with that next year. Does that create some problems? It's hard to know like the repercussions of like what's happening on the inside of that business. And I don't think there's anything there solid enough for me to be like, there is something going on in dynamic. Like there is a, a snake in the grass, but had something to look at and I like dynamic as a company. So I, I really hope that um, there's nothing weird going on. Uh, and I, I don't think there's anything there to say that because like I said, if you take each case individually, there's nothing too crazy that's happening. It's just kind of a, they've kind of had an interesting string of events. Uh, so yeah, well, I don't know. I don't really see anything. I don't want to speculate. So what, what do you think? Yeah. There's nothing like you were saying, there's nothing that like you look at and you're like, there it is. There's the problem. Or like, there's not even like a timeline of like a mass exodus happening right now, alluding to like, oh, something must have happened this year. Yeah. But it is interesting when you like lay it all out. And I think part of it is like disc golf companies are under a bit of a microscope just because right. everyone's so invested in disc golf right. and like disc golf as a whole. Sometimes like the players and stuff feel like a family, like a lot of companies. For instance, I would be surprised if a listener could name, unless they knew them personally, Discraft social media manager. It was just that Bobby cool daddy slick breeze he created he had created his persona and that's something and like, he was the face that of the they company. did well there like that's something i always appreciate about dynamic is like they like gave people platforms yeah and i think that uh, part of it though too is they've transitioned a little bit where before dynamic i agree was just like they were looked at as that was like the family team eric oakley talked about it all the time yeah because oakley left too yeah jordan castro was there at one point i believe um, There's, it's been an interesting you, few years. You had, like, back then, they didn't have any star power on their team. Yeah. But they were a big family, and that's why you had the Danny Lindahl when he got hired there. Um, Anthony, which used to be Disc Golf Weekly on YouTube, if you're a OG in the disc golf world, he got hired there. Uh, Bobby Brown, Robert McCall. You had all these guys that, like, had – they were, like, the faces of Dynamic to a certain extent. Um, and then as the teams shifted to be more of a normal disc golf team where you have the powerhouse of Ricky, you have the powerhouse of Kona, you don't really hear the DD family thrown around a lot more. It, so I think, to me, yeah. from the outside looking in... If you're in their Facebook groups, man, it's a great bunch. I don't think that... Great bunch. From the outside looking in, I don't think that there's anything going on, anything wrong. I think what it is is it's a shift from marketing... From like we're marketing the entire team. There's no one loud voice. There's no one loud focus to like everyone has a platform to okay, we have our focus now. Yeah. So it's a, it was just a shift in marketing, in my change. opinion. Yeah. I think that's kind of more so what's going on. Now, if you look at like individual deals, Paige Shu leaving, yeah, it's curious. I just looked up the staff page. Uh, her dad is the president of Dynamic Discs. But that sometimes so too bizarre, sometimes too though, you you want to get out of that family dynamic. Like sometimes True. you 
maybe she had an offer and she was like, I don't want this to be like, I don't want to feel like I'm only getting this because my dad's the president. Maybe that had something to do with it. Or maybe that they were just looking at and like, hey, you just play a different role for us. If someone's offering you elsewhere and you want a fresh start, you want something new, go do it. Chase your dreams. You know, it could just be as simple and easy as that. I think there's only one way to really get to the bottom of it. And that's me going to deep cover. And I'll change my identity for like a month. I'll plan. I'll get a job just in the warehouse. But I'll be that guy in the warehouse kind of hangs around. Like you walk around the shelf of, of deputies and I'm just kind of loitering there like, hey, man, what have you been hearing in the, in the break room? Like yeah. what's the what's the you talk? are in the break room? Yeah. What's the talk around the water cooler? Like I'm that guy. And then I come back onto the podcast. And um, rip off the mustache and. Here I am. So everyone. I'm like, right. I, I know everything. I'd love that happen. One other thing that came out with Dynamic Discs recently that I thought was pretty fascinating was they released their, like... There's there's not many shows in the world that can hear such absurdity and and brush it off like, <laughs> yeah, I might have to see if that happens. Then <laughs> 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 segue it. This guy's got the reins. Well, no, I just, like, I mean, that's a, yeah, no, it that's was a normal thing. It was, that's what I'm saying. It's, it was ridiculous. That is a normal, a normal everyday occurrence. Gosh. Uh, Dynamic, though, was tweeting out, like, their top sellers. Um, and let me pull this yeah, thing dude. up. What is with the, all these companies all of a sudden just getting like, getting a little frisky? Just decide to tell us how much they sell. Well, they didn't. Say, they didn't say like how they, much they had sold, but they said which torso. I saw this though. Were our top sellers in 2022? Results are in. Here are the top three. Here's what's fascinating. Two of the top three are Kona Panis Tour Series discs. Is that they propaganda? Kona Trespass, Kona Escape, and then Gosh, Ricky's Fusion know. Orbit Felon. Is that propaganda though? I don't know because like I was looking at this list and like yeah we sold a decent bit of trespasses we sold out of the escapes I would we see, definitely sold the most Ricky Orbit felons but yeah I I don't know he, I, I more so what it made me go is like is DD with the Kona deal down as bad as the disc golf world wants to make everyone think I my thing is last year see the problem is though like right from the get go she like it was it was like three weeks into the season and everybody had kind of like ridden her off yeah she crumbled so the pressure it's not like event. it's not even like these discs came out like the the trespass was late in the season yeah. it came out so I don't I don't know I think they're gonna you know we'll see how, if there's a trickle effect if she continued but like as much as the Kona thing is in the like is in the depths a little bit of like man she had a really disappointing season the redemption arc is right there, right? Yeah, no, it's so low-hanging fruit. If, yeah, so if she comes out this year and is, like, balling out of control, the whole thing can be restored. Do you think the Saki Bomb Slammer was in, in like, in contention in this it tour series? Have been. It couldn't have been. It would have been the number one. Sure. I think it's right. its own mold. Okay. It's its own mold, so that's, I don't think, because it, it would have, it had, but I, that list is curious to me. Now, I'm just saying to be the number felons, three and number two. Yeah, the, I'm looking. The and I'm felons like, make sense to be number one, obviously. Yeah, and I don't think we moved a crazy amount of Ricky Raiders. No, um, we should. They are awesome. Um, Good sales pitch. Somebody made a point to me that that Falcor is like the prodigy Raider. It is. Yeah, spot on. Um, or it's kind of like a rive. Anyways, <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, anyways, I I think that the the Ricky like. Are people really just not buying harps? Oh, this is dynamic though, because he has a harp in that same yeah. series, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. technically not dynamic. Okay, it's so not that, dynamic. Hmm, I'm trying to think like what other dynamic, like Chris what, Clemens, what did verdict. Clemens have? The verdict. No, those didn't really move. Those melo- uh Let me pull. This what were the ice? The lucid ice. Who who had the ice ones? Um, but a lot of people had lucid ice. 
No, the the justices, the just ice. Uh, the Macy Valdez, the just ice. But those didn't really move that well. Yes, I guess the list. I mean, I remember when those. Okay, so here's the thing about the escapes when they first came out. The Halo situation that they were doing, the orbit, orbit. I think this is the first time we had seen it on a non-Ricky mold, potentially. And I remember us being like, wow, these look incredible. I threw one. So, yeah, like it was pretty inspiring. So, I, I mean, it, it, the list is probably accurate. I no, I, I definitely think the list is accurate. That's not really what I was. I, the first thing I saw, it, I was like, propaganda. <laughs> I was just, I was surprised that two of the top three were, were Kona discs. I was like, hey, if this is true, which it is true. If that's the case, right, then I don't know. Maybe DD is Kona, making their money back. Kona herself like replied to the comment. I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "This, this like honestly shocked me." I was like, "Hmm." Yeah, because I'm looking at this. We have Chris Clemens. Maybe verdict. those royalty checks weren't lining up. <laughs> Chris Clemens <laughs> verdict. Zach Melton Maverick. I mean, they don't have like they have a lot of good molds, but I guess as far as star power is concerned, like it makes sense. It would be a question, too, of, like, what's considered a Ricky Tour Series disc. Because Ricky had Enforcers. Oh, those things he had awesome. Enforcers, Raiders. He also had a different felon that wasn't the Orbit felon. The Glimmer ones. Yeah. Mason Ford had a Tour Series disc. I Yeah, she outsold Valerie Mandahano, it seems, too. I don't know. I, just, I thought that was a curious point to at least bring up. That, you know what, maybe... Maybe the propaganda I, against Kona is a little bit stronger than it should be. I think Kona this year is going to be I for personally, I really hope like I I don't ever want to see somebody in her situation where like she's just getting bogged down by that contract. Cause like it's not her fault she was given that contract. Yeah. And that's a ton of pressure to play under. So I really hope she has a good year this year. Uh I'm genuinely rooting for Kona Panis. So we'll just see what happens. It'll be a curious year to, to watch for sure. Um, the biggest news that broke, Simon Lazad to MVP is official. And with the announcement originally, there was no contract details leaked. So my initial 10 years thought, initially. Yeah, I saw the 10 years. Initially, I said he must have got less than a million yeah. a year. Ulti World then posts the contract details. 10 year, $10 million guaranteed. Well, it actually said seven figures a year guaranteed. So it right. could be more than $10 million guaranteed. Uh, I would assume it's, it's got to be a million, yeah. Uh, Six-figure signing bonus. We don't know what that is. And they alluded to a seven-figure buyout from Discmania. So, so MVP had to write Discmania a million-plus-dollar check the uncapped, to get Simon out of The there. uncapped bonuses, too. And uncapped bonuses. Um, and then <laughs> in in a interview um, video with MVP, Simon also announced that he is getting his own line of discs, which we all expected, That's so but exciting. it is official. He'll be getting his own That's gonna be so cool. Simon line, if you will. Yes. Um, wow. It's, it was just like, it was destined. Yeah. Now, something that's been, we found out this morning, uh, Nick and Matt show, another podcast, posted a clip. The contract details apparently weren't supposed to get out. Yeah, this is a very interesting thing because Ulti World, listen, everybody labels us the leaky leakers, uh, we never leaked anything. Let's make that clear. No, only, I just amplified only, what other people. Yeah, leaked. we only talked about things that were already being said on the internet and being juiced up by like Reddit. Um, but when the contract deals went to Ulti World, obviously Ulti World is typically. I don't know if they ever really do the leak situation. So well, it makes you wonder. Like, is this the first time Ulti World? Yeah. Leaks? So they I, leak it in such an official way. Because I read it and I'm thinking, oh wow, that's injured. I was just thinking 
huh, very interesting that MVP went this route. I thought the same thing. I guess maybe they just didn't want to flaunt and they just wanted to seem more like it was a press release rather than us like chucking it on the announcement. I was like, okay, fine. You know, at least the details are public. Interesting. Then, as you mentioned, Simon says that they weren't supposed to be public. Simon says, he on the podcast, Simon said, I can't even talk about the deal. Yeah. Like, after the contract's so, been leaked, who the still heck, can't talk about it. So, who the heck... Well, okay, I can I can speculate. I'm going to speculate here and say that I guess the, the parties that would... Who would know what the deal is and who would benefit, potentially, by knowing how much... Like, by the public knowing how much Simon was paid? Discmania. Because Discmania, they would know because they tried to match the offer. And also, if everybody knows Simon's getting paid this ridiculous amount and the more key information is that he was bought out, it looks like Discmania's hands were tied a little bit. Well, surely Discmania had so to the a ones- contract with MVP for the buyout. Surely there's an NDA in there. Oh, I'm sure there's NDAs. And maybe someone broke an NDA. And I'd be, I'd be curious. Yeah, I'd be curious to know if this... If- Could this lead to the first Dude, disc golf lawsuit? MVP v. Discmania? Take it to the Supreme Court. Well, Park. it would all be dependent on Ultra leaking their source. Which rule number I'll one? I'll testify. I don't have anything to offer, but I will testify. Rule number one: you never, you never reveal your source. Never reveal your source. Other thing Simon said in this interview was: Can that happen, like in the court of law? Like if this thing, if this, does this thing go to court, and can they have to? Like, well, they wouldn't know who to stand? sue, unless they sued Ulti World. Maybe that'd be the only thing. But Ulti World, they like, have no responsibility. They have no responsibility, dude. Some somebody's whoa. Someone, someone's in someone trouble. Someone hold a ballsy move. Yeah. Telling Ulti World, this. someone's in trouble. Uh. Yeah, so, because of the other thing that was, like, obviously the leaks where they were coming from, there's three obvious holes in the disc golf world. Uh, Sir Chris Clemens, Sir Jordan Castro, and Sir Drew Gibson. Yeah. And Simon kind of addressed all three, and he didn't seem too happy with any of them. Because, like, that's where I was getting information, was I was watching Chris Clemens post on Reddit and respond to people on Twitter. That was so fascinating to me, like... And I was just, I, I was just like, basically amplifying what he was saying, and then Jordan Castro was also alluding to stuff, and I was like, okay, well... There's that. I can amplify that. And then the day before Simon's announcement happened, you have Drew Gibson tweeting, Simon Lazad announcement tomorrow. And we find out that Drew got that directly from texting Simon. Like, the balls on this man to sit there, text with Simon, be like, oh, so what's going down? And Simon, like, says something about, like, the announcement's coming tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And apparently Drew texted him back and said, ha, 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 I'm going to tweet this. A bunch of, like, crying, laughing emojis. And then he pulled it, he tweeted it. I'm telling you, you know how people do disc golf with information is so funny. Um, I, I, you know how people do the like fake viral images, like the Justin Bieber eating the yeah. burrito sideways. How we have to try and do this next off season, like leak. We have to like try and like incept people into thinking they saw information they weren't supposed to see, like maybe a picture of a Brody out on the course wearing an in of a jacket, or and we got to start like. Like creating organic, like how many fake accounts can we make on r slash disc golf and just start spewing nonsense just to make a firestorm? Because people will start, like, if they see that crap, they'll start saying it like it's fact. I don't even think we have to do that, dude. I'm gonna do it. I think it's, I think it's easier than that. <laughs> Be warned if you see any accounts that have any usernames that sound like something I'd make up, just ignore them. I think, I think it'd be easier than that. I think we could just fool a pro or two. That's like not tied in enough, <laughs> not tied in enough to be able to verify the information from someone. Right. But, but like tied in, but like they feel like they oh, should be. I just want to pump the off season so full. That's of what nonsense. it's going to take. That's what it's going to take for all this to get fixed because um, people have to start being more skeptical. You're right. Yeah. Because like right now, 
like there's guys on Reddit talking about like I'll bet my house that this Simon Emmy well, deal is going down. The, the, there's two there's two things I think have to happen because right now leaks and disc golf we are obviously I am team leak. Yeah, but I'm team controlled the correct leak. I'm team like. We are the guys that only leak. We are only going to leak things if they are public information or if we are told explicitly that's we're what, allowed to. So that's what the problem was last year, right? Yeah. That's what got us this leaky leakers, whatever, TMZ, disc golf thing. I don't think a lot of people realize this. I don't know if I've ever said this. I'm not going to put the person on blast who did this to me, but I was told from a touring professional disc golfer mm-hmm. via text every detail of the Ricky deal last year, right? And then it was before people start speculating. It wasn't Brody Smith. It wasn't Paul McBeth, because yeah. those are the two Just obvious ones. People, <laughs> not them. Um, and then I'd already been told this from first off to show kind of how everyone within the disc small disc golf world, like the, the pro tour, knows all this information. I'd already been told this information from three or four other touring pros. Yeah. I like I was getting DMs from them, telling me the the Ricky stuff, and I wasn't leaking. People it. that have. Like, did no need to know. Yeah, because I was like, this isn't my information to leak. The icing on the cake that pushed me over the edge was one of them texted me and literally told me, then leak it. Go. Go ahead. Leak it. Yeah. To where I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Well, also. I'll do it. Also, the second it hits us, and Hunter and I are always like, we are never, ever going to leak something if somebody says, don't do it. Like, we're not no. we're never going to do that. We never have. But we also, if we wanted to. We could because we have no responsibility to keep a secret that we have no business knowing. Yeah, because it's told to us by somebody well, that's who also had no business. Because that was my thing is like that happened, and then obviously it pissed off Rick. Yeah, which if I was in Ricky's shoes, I probably have been pissed off at me too. Yeah, and so after all of it went down, I was like, you know what? This is silly of me. I'm done. I'm done leaking unless I get it straight from the source telling right. me this is part of our marketing plan. Yeah, which happened with you some this off season. We won't say which with what. Yeah. But straight from a source, this is part of our marketing plan. Or if plan. it's public info. Or if it's public info. To where anybody So what I did it. this offseason, there are some things that I tweet about and that I talk about on this podcast that I know way more than I allude to. Um, so if you're ever wondering, how is Hunter always right? Because sometimes he's I'm a, talking he's about... A sneaky sneaker is uh, what he is. I try to make sure that half the time I talk about it, I know what I'm talking about, and the other half the time I don't, so you can never figure out what I know and what I don't know. <laughs> um, that way, sometimes I sound like an idiot and sometimes I sound like a genius. But like... What I was doing is once you know information, then you knew what to amplify because people were putting information out in public. Right. So it was pretty easy for me just to go on Reddit, see Chris Clemens and people like hinting at this deal. And I was just like, hey, is anyone seeing what Chris Clemens just tweeted on Reddit? Right. Like, and the, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. And then like the, the one that put me over there, because the Simon deal, let's make this clear. I didn't know anything about the Simon deal at all. Yeah. Once Simon, like Simon to MVP, it was basically confirmed to me before it went live. But uh, when Simon announced he was leaving Discmania, that was my moment of like, oh, this is actually going to happen. Right. I right. I was just in the rumor mill. Right. I knew what the public knew, and I was literally just going on Reddit or going on Twitter, reading what these pros were posting, and being like, bro, this is like right in front of everyone's face. I'm just going to tweet it. Yeah. You have to know. You also have to know that. So if pros want to keep these deals under wraps, they have to keep tighter. They have to keep really tight circles because Hunter and I are reasonably plugged into disc golf. Sure. But if, unless it's coming from Brody, who we obviously are really close to, if we know 
about a deal, it means that so many other people that don't need to know about it already know about it. Yeah. So like we are we are well on the edge of that thing. It's not like we're getting personal calls from pros being like, just wanted to be the first one to tell you. There are so many people that already know. So like, yeah. it's not like we're being fed some like exclusive stream of information. It's it's such a tricky line. And I, because like I said, I'm definitely, I am a fan of leaks being controlled when they happen, but I also have no responsibility to keep secrets when I'm not explicitly told to do so. And I'm a media person. Well, because that's um, the other thing is like, I don't have ties to these companies. I don't I don't need to pr- be protecting these manufacturers if they can't keep their secrets. Yeah. Because they can. If you are Simon and MVP, for example, and I'm not going to be throwing around blame. Like, these things happen. It You know, it could happen to anybody. But if you are Simon and MVP, unless Simon, you know, it... it the only people that can be blamed, if you keep the room small enough, there should only be a really short list of people that you can blame for it, and that's Simon and the head of MVB should be on that list, and then maybe a couple other people. And so you shouldn't, if there's a leak that happens, the list should be really short of, okay, this had to start with somebody, because you can't you can't blame people that are a mile down the stream, and it's already passed through an entire family tree of people. You have to start with, okay, the leak could have only started with these people. They are the ones that need to be to blame if there's anybody to be to blame. Well, I think it sounds like silly. Whoever releases it down here, that's like, not just not their fault. Let's think of this scenario, right? Let's say that Foundation was about to sign someone big. Let's just say, let's just say Simon. We'll say Simon Lazat, we're going to buy him out of his MVP contract. He's coming to Foundation next year. Yeah. You want to keep that under wraps. Yeah. So I, I'll sit down with Simon. He signs an NDA. I signed an NDA. You know, it's not leaving this room, right? But we got to get all the media stuff ready to roll. Mm-hmm. I think right now what happens is like Simon and I are on this understanding, and Simon was very careful. He did not. You sound like he didn't even throw this in public. Yeah, and he, he, was, he was very like, I'm not letting this thing leak, from what it seemed like. So we are on that page, right? Well, then we need to get it in like. Nolan in the warehouse, he's not on that page with me. Right. Right. That's what happens. And so, like, I think what ends up happening is like, okay, we want to get the shot of Simon now walking around the foundation warehouse. So we bring Simon into the foundation warehouse. We get some media content, whole media teams there. Everyone's excited. And we're like, hey, just so you guys know, don't tell anyone. And then, like, okay, but like, Nolan will go home and, like, let's say Nolan tells his brother. Right. And it's like, dude, you won't believe it. Like, Simon was there today. Like, blah, blah, blah. Don't tell anyone, though. And then his brother's like, okay. But like I have a best friend who's like gonna freak out over this information. Let me yeah. tell him real quick. Exactly. Tells him eventually. People keep they people they stick to their small circles. But if you keep adding the circles, yeah. they eventually you get to someone who's like, no way, this is crazy. Reddit. Yeah. Or eventually you get to like a team member, and the team member, like that's the crazy one to me is Chris Clemens has no tie to MVP. Yeah. So like there's nothing keeping Chris Clemens this information. But Chris Clemens is very close to Jordan Castro. Jordan Castro is on Team MVP. It's yeah. not a big leap to think that Jordan Castro got this information well, told yeah. Chris Clemens. Chris Clemens is like, frick, like I, I got nothing to lose here. Like, if I'm MVP and one of my team members is directly tied to this leak and tweeting it some... You gotta investigate. They're either getting fined or they're getting booted off the team. Yeah, you, gotta, you definitely... I, I'd be curious to know if MVP is, like, doing any investigation to see where it started. Um, I'll tell you where my, my suspicion started was the Chris Clemens post on comment on reddit saying one of the big boys is moving and then there was like three two or three accounts that were just swearing up a tree and down another that simon was going to mvp yeah i posted the chris clemens thing on twitter a screenshot of that another person responded and said 
I won't say what, but Simon's guaranteed going to a Michigan Pe- company. People from people from. So then I quote tweeted that and said, "I've heard this Simon MVP rumor." Anyone else? And then someone else tweeted the whole puzzle piece thing of AB, Page Shoe, AB Infinite, Page Shoe, Discraft, and Simon Lazat. Some like, and all the pieces were there. And then Chris Clemens responded and said, "You've got the pieces. All the pieces are there, but they don't all match up." Basically yeah. saying like. Like, hey, all those players are moving, and Discraft and MVP dude, like, are on the table. So now I'm like, okay, well, obviously Simon to MVP then. Yeah, it, it was it was made too easy, and I, yeah, it's just like finding the source. And I agree, like when you have an organization and you have a like MVP has a lot of employees. It's really hard. It's a, it's a difficult situation because it's it you don't want to like just leave people in your organization in the dark, but you have to also know that it's gonna be really hard to keep something like that under wraps, and then you have to make sure like. If you sign NDAs and like this, if this mania is under an NDA, like you got to try and keep that like enforced. Yeah. Well, like, what, it, what it's, it, it's so hard. It is. It is, it is near so impossible. Hard. I think that's why leaks exist in sports world. Yeah. Is because it's easier. No, it's impossible. It's easier so. if MVP's like, hey, we need to get Simon here to do media. Let's get ahead of this thing. Let's choose an outlet to leak this potential deal through. Right. To get ahead of it, that way Simon comes here and like. Yeah. Now they're now MVP knows where the rumor came from because they started it. Yeah, and they they can control what information Easy got to out. Control the narrative. Yeah, and then yeah. like because then it, it you know because they could have leaked they could have leaked as simple as um, sources are telling me Simon Lazad is in talks with MVP about a potential buyout with Discmania. Well, now when you see Simon at MVP, it's like oh my word that he actually is in talks. Right. When the deal's already done and they're getting media right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But now there's no, like, we got to be all sneaky, sneaky because Simon's coming to Michigan and, like, what if someone gets recognized at the air? Right. What if someone recognizes him? What if, like, whatever happens, it allows you to be a little bit more free with it if you choose strategically use leak yeah. as part of it. Versus right now, it's like, I mean, it, it seems that someone who wasn't supposed to know knew the 10 year, $10 million. I mean, they knew every detail yeah, of this that's, deal. That's someone who's not supposed to know. They're lucky this that information wasn't out weeks ago. Yeah, if it's me and I'm a company, I am basically doing this two ways. I and most of the time I'm going to just get ahead of it and I'm going to either just anticipate the leak, like this is probably going to leak at some point, here's our plan for when it starts happening, this is what we're going to do, or I'm going to just do it myself or have give it to somebody to do um so that I can control exactly the timing. Um uh, or option number 2 is I'm the owner of this company and I'm getting that player and whoever I need to talk to from the other company in a room and it's just us and we are keeping this between literally like less than five people. Like yeah, we're doing the, the small, we're doing the marketing at a different location. Where yeah, and like the media, like we'll keep it. I'll film it on my phone if I have to. Like we, you have to just keep it so small, and I think that 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 option just is a bit extreme and almost impossible. I think that. It's a, it's a it's a big culture shift for disc golf companies because I understand there's like they feel like they put all this money into something they definitely feel like they should have the rights to be the ones to release it on their own and yes technically you're right you should have the rights the problem is there's a lot of humans involved <laughs> and so the information is more than likely going to get out um, and so you have to be ready to deal with that and here's the thing at the end of the day. Um, with the whole MVP situation, I don't think that the leaks have hurt anything. No, um, I don't think that I don't. I wouldn't say that like oh they were just like the biggest help. I think either way there was a punch, but I think we were talking about MVP and Simon for a lot longer than we would have been, 
um, leading up to this deal, and I think it was just as exciting. Uh, and I think that MVP and Simon are positioned for massive success. So I, I think it's it's still a huge win. I think the contract details getting out the way they did, fascinating, very fascinating. That's the one that like the the rest of it was kind of like whatever typical. This one's a bit different. This one's a bit new. I'll say. I'm, I'm curious to know how that came about. Yeah, that was it's definitely. I just assumed it was part of MVP's plan, but ten year, ten million dollars, great for Simon. Um, it's pretty awesome. I think MVP. It's cool to have another MVP's disc golf make this, I was say MVP. I think is going to make this money back, no problem. It does raise an interesting question for Discmania of trying to keep the other crush boy. Yeah, I I'm mean, Eagle McMahon. Let me double check Eagle's contract, but I believe it's up after this year. You'd have to think. I mean, you have to think that the um, if there was that much of a buyout in Simon's deal, then there's also a big buyout in Eagle's deal. But it it seems that the buyout doesn't matter. But it also is what know, it seems. it's the right company. But so MVP. So what you have now, though, on the market is you have. If you think about the roster spots, because I wasn't even considering MVP to be one of the big money players that was left on the table to offer big money. Because uh, you have Discraft has Paul on that huge deal, Paige on a really good deal, um, and they've signed a lot of players. They have, they've got to be, you know, their cap room. They had to drop some elite team guys down to lower teams because I think that they're probably around their max right now. Um, I don't see them offering a humongous contract to somebody. MVP at this point now, I think they've kind of probably tied themselves up financially for now. Um, you know, we you think about the the big players that are left. You know, Prodigy's got their hands full. But it's like latitude. Maybe. Prodigy though still hasn't offered someone the bag, and which is why I think their their uh, hands are full. I was saying, well, they got to worry about the guys they still have. Yes, they. I That's agree with thing. that statement. Um, but. Flip side of that coin, if you bring Eagle in, how much do you have to worry about the guys you still have? Yeah. Who's worth more, Eagle or well, Cannon? Right. That's a tough question mm-hmm. to answer. I would. Mm. That's a very tough question to answer. That's almost impossible to answer. Um, but Prodigy might be thinking, Prodigy doesn't have that type of money. What are you talking about? Prodigy Europe, huge. Power it, Grip Europe, yeah. the number one retailer in Europe, just released their numbers. Prodigy's on top of it again. It, the pro- there, I believe Prodigy has more money than people think, but I also see them dropping players. Latitude 64 is the, the real big dog on the table. I, yeah, I think Latitude is is the one that is going to shock people with a deal eventually because they, from the business side, when you look at them from a business and all the people they're manufacturing for it, and MVP, I think this is why we maybe didn't, we underestimated MVP, is like, look what they're doing with ThoughtSpace and Mint. Um, you know, they're they're made, they're more than making more than just MVP discs, which have had a really good year. Um. But yeah, Latitude, you know, taking on Castaplas and and doing what they're doing, there I think is still a giant on the table. But yeah, it's cool having another millionaire in disc golf because you got to think right now we've got Ricky Paul and uh, Simon now, and you got to think Paige you, Pierce has said on record I believe that she's a millionaire. I I think or she she's could at least be. getting close. She maybe maybe Nate Perkins called her one. And I would think that Eagle is going to be a millionaire soon by the standards he's we're going to be soon if he's not. And yeah. then I would say that. Gannon potentially down the road could be so we could I mean the amount of millionaires in disc golf it's crazy it's crazy it's a lot more money in disc golf than people think yeah the the disparity between those millionaires though and the guys that are only 40 spots beneath them only real realistically only 20 spots beneath them can be insane yeah <laughs> it's like well wow. it just shows there's 
money and markability, you know? There's so few people that can move the amount of discs that a Simon Lazad or a Paul Macbeth can move. Yeah. Simon, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Simon and Paul, the million-dollar-a-year deal makes sense to me. Ricky still doesn't. Yeah, I think... I think Simon and Paul are the the two best. They're the whales. Disc, they're, yeah, they are the two best disc movers on the market, and I don't think it's close. I don't either. And these are coming. This is coming from us who we work at retail, and obviously our audience is not the same. Our customer base does not shop the same as everybody, so it's we don't get the full picture. And of course, Ricky moves discs. Yes, um, but not to the volume. But Simon and Paul are different. Like levels, Simon, right? I think we we filmed the new debate night show this morning, um, and I, I used this in one of my points. I'll explain it here, though, because I think it's a good point to have both times. We had a rather large MVP restock that we had placed, mm-hmm. not knowing Simon was going there. It just showed up on the perfect day. It showed up the day Simon announced. This restock for us was supposed to last us, you know, close to like 60 to 90 days. Like, it was supposed to last a few months. Yeah. Minimum of MVP is a hot seller. It was probably like a close to a 30-day restock. Or you might have to order a few molds right. here and there, but it was a it was a big restock. We wanted a full MVP restock going into the new year. We're gonna have to probably place that same order later this week mm-hmm. because in the first three days, that's just how much plastic Simon moved. Yeah, that didn't happen. We we weren't we were birthed born by the Paul to Discraft move. Yeah, so we didn't experience that. No other move in disc golf has affected our shelves anything like this we haven't no. seen anything like yeah, this as a company it, it was nothing it was nothing compared like the ricky move was nothing compared to this, this no i'm trying insane. to think of the it, any other moves that have happened since this was this was insane the kona move and like i think like you just simon is a guy that like I, I think he's very like cut and dry when he talks about plastic too like you can tell he's honest about it you know when he's talking about his new mvp disc so when he does get excited about a disc you can't help but feel excited about it too and also, like, as somebody who's thrown a bit of gyro and Hunterstone even more, like, it's cool to see that he thinks that some of the discs that we already knew were awesome. He's, like, validating that, like, talking about the hex. Like, we've been talking about the hex for months. Yeah. About, you know, how incredible the mid-range it is. And it's cool to see him align with Disc that. Mania had to be punching the air, watching that in the bag. I would hear him. Brutal, dude. Hearing him like, describe this is like, basically this is the, the perfect MD1. Yeah, this, MD1 this is what I want MD1 always to be like. And then he's like describing the Wrath as like a PD. Yeah, this is my FD replacement, the Crave. And it's like, oh, oh man. Yeah, I mean, you, you could, so, there is somewhere in some conference room that UC Merez was having a heart attack. I, I'd be in a dark room watching that video with like Marvin's room turned all the way up, just like. Oh man, got like a box of tissues. Like yeah. that's a tough watch for Dismania. I guess after the million dollar buyout, UC might be dapping it with that's true. bills. Hey, but still, let's not forget they made a million dollars off of that buyout. That I think we're gonna forget that too soon. You know, disc golf companies like Dismania are certainly multi million dollar operating budgets, but a million dollars is still a lot of money to a company like Dismania. So let's not let's not forget how big of a deal that is. <laughs> Realistically, that's probably what Simon was going to make him over the next two years. Yeah, so, so like a million dollars is nothing to scoff at. Like, yeah, it's it's it'll be interesting to see what happens with it, what they do, right, where they end up. But it was something. All right, it was an awful time yawn. All right, before we get into Trevor's trivia, I want to take a moment to shout out something going down on our site right now. We're about to talk through some off-season player tracking, and there's a bunch of new elite team members coming to Discraft this upcoming year, and we're gonna walk you through all of them. But to celebrate this, we've made the 2022 Discraft Tour Series discs all $5 off on our site. There's no discount code needed. You just head over to foundationdiscs.com, and you can pick the exact swirl and stamp to get your hands on them while you still can before the 2023 Tour Series stuff rolls out. And there's some players whose name might not be on the same disc or might not be on a Tour Series disc at all. 
this upcoming year. So this is probably your actual last shot. It's in 2022 tour series, all $5 off foundationdisc.com. All right. Time for the fan favorite segment. Trevor's trivia. Trivia with Trevor. Okay. I'll just try. Um, Travis does it better. That's right. So I've got a, a cool Sporacle quiz here. Some, I love Sporacle. This is... Um, Stat Manda's been doing a lot of work on Sporacle. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad for it. Uh, so I've got a list here of the MPO highest earnings seasons of all time. Mm. Uh, and so we're going to see... The way we're going to do this is I have a list of like a ton of them going from the, the highest all the way down to seasons that are like, you know, in the 20,000s. But what we're going to do is I'm going to have you see how many you can name in the top 10 before you are wrong. So how, you are trying to name... Top 10, is is can there be one player on there multiple times? I want you to name. There, there will be. Uh, yes, there can be multiple. Like you can name a Paul like, season and another Paul season. Oh, I have to say the you, year. Yeah, too. the year. Oh boy. The oh year. boy. Okay. Because um, I mean, probably eight of the top ten are freaking Paul. So you have to. That is. I'll just tell you right now. That's not true. I know. I know that's not true. Um. So that's yeah. what my gut told. Go me. for it. All right. Well, first off, we got twenty twenty two Ricky Wysocki. Okay. Let me just. Type it in so we can, I can get you to confirm. Um, twenty? Did you say twenty twenty two? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that is the highest one hundred five thousand seven hundred seventy six dollars. And number two, I think, has got to be twenty twenty two Paul Macbeth. That is correct. One hundred thousand one hundred and three dollars. Okay. Two for two. This is where things start going south. I'm just trying. I'm. I don't have to be in right order. Just anything no, in the top ten. Anything in the top ten would count. 2022 Gannon Burr has got to be on there, I would think. I believe it is. Let's check. Gannon Burr 2022 comes in at the fourth highest at 86,973. Okay. 2021 Paul Macbeth. That is the third highest, 90,403. You've got the top four. You're rolling here. <laughs> um, I'm saying 2021 Ricky Wysocki. That is the fifth highest, 79,929. This is where it starts to get a little trickier. 2021 Eagle McMahon. Let me look here. No? Did he not play enough events? 58,565 puts him around, I'd say, like, it looks like the, 15, down there. the 15th spot. I, I just thought I, he won a bunch in 2021. I, I knew 2022 he didn't tour. Same thing with Simon. 2022, Simon, I don't think would be up We there. got the top five. Let's see if you, we'll give you one more shot and see if you can, if you can get it. Okay. Because, like, 2015, Paul was dominant, but, like, how much money did he make that year? Because, like, the money wasn't that big back then. Okay, what was 2020 like? There wasn't a full season in 2020, but I feel like they still earned a lot of money because of the because of the Pro Tour finale. Who won Worlds in 2019? 2018, Paul won Paul Macbeth 2019 season. Not on there. 57,273. There's a lot a in that 50,000 part. Is it, there anyone from 2020 on there now that I've missed two? Nope. So these are all 2021, 2022 people? Nope. What's some other seasons? Read them to me then. Um, so Fast after game. where you're at, the next one on the list is 2017 Rick, 79,348. Really? Wow. And 2015 Paul. So 2015 Paul was at 72,044. I, I couldn't tell. 
I didn't know how much money 2015 Paul made because that was the most dominant. It was unprecedented at that point. Now yeah. here's the thing. So I, from what I've typed in, the nine spot is Paul in 2017, but the eight and ten spot are still blank, and they're both 2022 seasons. One at 69,000, one at 64,000. See if you can guess what they are. There's both 2022 seasons. Correct. Chris Dickerson. It's not Dickerson. Dickerson's season was at 54,000. He doesn't play enough events. That's true. I just knew he was a major champion. I actually have no idea who these are. Who? I mean, could it be Simon? I, I guess I know who. Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably going to be he's Simon. He didn't play 64,467. And I think that the last one should be, there's only one other player it could be. Calvin Heimberg? Correct. Yeah. Calvin Heimberg at, at uh, 69. Fascinating. Simon, yeah. How many Simon events did took, Simon play? Simon took the bag. You win all those events. He had, what, five wins? I knew he did, but I just was thinking, well, five, like, he, that's like almost 50 grand worth of wins. Oh, he played more pro tour events than you would think. He played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, awesome. eight. Like, you nine, see his purses on those wins were big. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Okay. Simon played way more events than I thought. He, he played some, 17 events. He took some pretty good purses as well. He played 17 it events is crazy, on though, the Pro Tour majors. It's crazy looking at that list and seeing, like, Ricky in 2017 made 72 grand, and, like, him in 2021, another really good season, only made 79 grand. <laughs> like, that's how crazy dominant that 2017 Well, 2015 was. Paul making the top 10 is insane. Yeah, 72 grand. I remember, I remember very like, specifically... 2015... I remember very specifically looking at 2015 Paul and thinking that was the first year I was like, wow, he definitely made six figures. Like with 72 grand in earnings, like without his bonuses. Like I was like, wow, he did. So Paul played 26 tournaments. Worst he finished, he had one third place finish. And then he had, what is it? No, he had two third place finishes and one, two, three, four second place finishes, everything else he won. So basically, as good as you can. A human can possibly play, yeah, in a season. And what is the average there? Three grand. And this is, and this is also prior to less. there being a Pro Tour Championship where you can cash in an extra ten to twenty. Yeah, the grand. most Paul made like, at the tournament that year was eight grand at USDC. That's insane. That's that was season, it. That was the most. That season, he won. He won six grand for winning worlds. You know what we should do? Show me his bank statement from that year. You know what we should that. do? Well, but this was just third world title in a row he got bank from innova yeah. for the three in a row because i think innova has like a multiplier system mm-hmm. um you know what we should do though is take these events to their modern day adjust them for their current purses like like what would be like usdgc we can just boom do same for worlds glass blown open go ddo aussie open you'd have to figure some champions cup because that was a major back then European Open, you could do Legend, you could do Memorial, you could do, been. and just see how much money this guy would have made. Probably like 120, 130. Because he won the National Tour Point Series, too. So you'd have to give him the Pro Tour Championship. Yes. If you give him. Because that's you, the NT finale. No, he came in second. So you'd have to give him second at the Pro Tour Championship. I bet he'd win like 120, 130. They would be insane. It'd be more than that, I think. PMF, man. Because think of the. I mean, just look at like a uh, winning a pro tour this year was giving you almost almost five 10. figures every time. Yeah, almost. 10. Worlds was twenty grand this year. He won six yeah. for it back then. There's fourteen grand there. He's almost at a hundred already, which is one tournament. Yeah. USDGC, we're gonna have to do that. We're gonna have to do that because USDGC winner was twenty five grand. He only won eight. Yeah. Just just USDGC and Worlds, he's already at a hundred thousand that year. Yeah. <laughs> He would have probably won close to two hundred grand in twenty fifteen. 
It would have been, yeah. Maybe more. That's wild. That's crazy. Um, what a season. All right, this uh, this week has been a busy week in offseason announcements. Uh, sticking with MVP, I think a big one that got overshadowed quite a bit was James Conrad signed a four-year extension. James Conrad isn't getting enough credit. Without James Conrad, MVP never signed Simon Lazat. Probably right. He established legitimacy for the brand. He made the brand enough money to sign Simon. And also did that. Because, like, in... James Conrad was not a like plastic mover. He was not a big time like needle moving player. Very likable guy, but yeah, he wasn't like a. But him with MVP, MVP started moving. It, yeah, MVP it, had a really nice year. It took a lot of question marks. Like a lot of people, I think, just judged MVP as a rec brand. No serious player throws it. And then when 2021 happens and you have someone win a world title, then yeah, they removed that stigma to a lot of people. James Conrad walks so that Simon Lazat could run. Um, there you go. Four-year extension with MVP, I think that was a pretty big deal. That is a long extension, too. We saw Mason Ford sign with Mint Discs. I believe this is Mint's first real pro. They have Des Redding, but do they have an MPO player? Yeah, I don't know. I, it's certainly the most high-profile signing, I believe. Yeah, so it'd be cool to see you know, some Mint Discs out there. I don't know if he's playing a mixed bag or not. Uh, Austin Hannum and Austin Turner have both announced they're going to DGA. Austin squared. Uh, A squared, baby. Paige Shue, we talked about this a little bit earlier, now on Team Discraft. I think she's going to be a player to watch this upcoming year. Uh, yes, she will be interesting because obviously former world champion. i sure she just won her first tournament. Oh, did she? Former world champion obviously was giving her attention to motherhood. So now she's kind of putting it back towards tour a little bit. I, she will be interesting to watch. And things have changed a bit since she last won. You know, there's a lot more competition. Courses are a bit different. Yeah, she won by three this past weekend. No one was there, though. So we don't really know anything. What did she rate at least? Ratings don't mean anything, dude. She she averaged like nine forty. That's pretty good though. Yeah. Um, Isaac Robinson lost this event to Jacob Chesser. Dang. Something to, something to think about there. Who the heck is that? On it was Ezra Robinson in the field. Different question. Don't see him. Um, Page Discraft also Team Discraft. Their elite team's been announced with some new faces. We have these are new members to the elite team. I don't believe I missed anyone. We have Valerie Mandahano, new to Discraft, Anthony Barella, new to Discraft, Holland Hanley, new to Discraft, and then Brody Smith and Corey Ellis, new to the Discraft elite team. Yeah. Big um, big additions, good extensions uh, with the elite team situation. Uh, I think the most interesting thing about this was the fact that they announced everybody at once. Yeah, it was weird because it kind of um, took the punch away from A.B. and Val. Yeah. Holland Handley was a a big signing for Discraft, but Valerie Mandahano and Anthony Barella were like two of the whales on the, I th- the on the market. I, I understand their idea, so I understand their vision was like, let's just just go for the extra gut punch and people are just gonna be blown away by how many people's names show up in this video. But I think what happens is you already have so much star power in your Paige Pierce, your Pong Beth, your Brody Smith that they take they still command that video. And you're focused too much on them and Dickerson. Can't forget about him. Um, to where like you're just kind of like, oh, there's AB. Like, oh, there's a, like I think you should have just had it. You should have just done a separate video to announce. Even if you're gonna just throw your new additions into one video, that's one thing. Personally, I think that these players deserve their own. Announcement. Well, I would have had like a at post. least an Instagram picture. Yeah, it's like hey, we signed Anthony Barella. Um, but at the very least, just like do a video that's more specific to your new signings, and then do your like look at how stacked our elite team, because it kind of blurred the lines. I think the players, 
you know, the player's being taken care of. I'm sure they, you know, at the end of the day, they probably don't care that much. But I, I think it was just weird as a fan to have it done that way. Um, and maybe it didn't come across, at least to me, the way they intended. But, I mean, it still does get the point across where at the end of that video, I'm like, dang, man, what an elite team they've got. But it's not a team sport. So, like, that's Correct. where that's where it gets weird. It's like, yes, this is awesome for Discraft, but it's not a team sport. So, like... Because, I mean, at the end of the day... Why, why... It looked like they were announcing the starting lineup for the Golden State Warriors. Like, instead, how about we just give the spotlight to each individual player? It's weird. Yeah. Um, starting lineup, sick, though. It's... Because I was trying to find this stat Mando tweet. Because um, they did, like, who won the offseason. We need to do, like, uh... Let me see if I can Like, what would thing. be the starting five of Team Discraft? What manufacturer had the best offseason? And Discraft tops the list because they, they did points. 2022 point player of the year points for top 25 MPO and FPO. And Discraft gained 9,434 points, um, up 25%. Innova lost 18%, but is no, no other team is close to Innova or Discraft. But let's keep in mind here that, like, this doesn't really mean anything no. because Simon Lazat moves more plastic than every every player that was just added to the Discraft Elite team. Yeah. Now Discraft, like Brody Smith moving up with the Tour Series disc now, that'll that'll really push some stuff. Yeah. Corey Ellis, I'll be curious to see what Tour Series disc he gets. That'll really, I mean, he'll be able to move some stuff. Interesting. The Valerie Mandahano kicked Alexis Mandahano. I know that's not exactly how it worked, but that's how I like to script it. <laughs> no, that's that is like. That's got to be the talk at the dinner table. Yeah, like Alexis Mandahano is no longer on the elite team. Like Valerie is. That was a, that must. What would really be one. fascinating is if Val takes a scorch. Yeah, who's <laughs> the guy? Who's the guy? Like, did Bob Julio have to sit down with Alexis and be like, "Hey, didn't quite cut it this year. Your sister is better than you. We're gonna move her." I'm, what I'm imagining is that Discraft must have like an actual like metric. They supposedly do. I think that makes more sense then, because then it would make it easier easy. to break the news. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you hey, just didn't meet the standards. Your season just didn't match what our standards were. Yeah, the problem was I feel like we've seen that maybe not. Anyways, I don't know. I, I if I were a company, that's how I would. It's tricky, isn't it? Because I wouldn't have a public you don't, front facing you top don't. team, middle team, low team. Yeah, I don't think I would. Either. Like it's weird. It to, is it's weird it for is the so public weird. to know that. Yeah, it is weird. Like I would just make tour series this for who I want to make. I tour always thought the for. team thing was kind of odd. Even from when I first got into disc golf and Innova had like their star team, their champ team, I always found it kind of interesting. I understand like internally it makes sense to have those tiers, but to have it like a public thing, it is. Well, because even like Calvin, like Innova, always had like their. I think it's their star team. Star team is their highest team. You had to like win a major to be on it, basically. Yeah, and, more or less. But then with Calvin, or, or at least to get on a, a stock disc, you had to win a major. Used to be you had to be a world title champion. Then they made an exception with Nate Sexton on the X Cal with the USDGC. Coins well. on a stock disc. He's on the X three, maybe our X three. Also USDGC champion. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they made another exception. With Calvin Heimberg on the stock Toro, yeah, and just says, I mean, they flat out made the Toro for him too. Yeah, so like you see, Innova starting to be like, hey, we can't really do this because like Calvin's our guy right now, and just because he hasn't won a major doesn't mean anything. He's due. He he is due, but like you got to still be able to, you know, make the money make sense, right? So it is interesting though to like have it because pretty much every team has this. Like Prodigy has their core team they just announced. Like everyone has this model, it's because everyone's copying Innova in a roundabout way. But it's everyone been, has it's this been model. around forever. It doesn't I, make sense to me. Yeah. Because like to me, like if 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 I'm 
Alexis Mandahano, right? We'll use her because we just talked about it. And I'm not on the elite team this year. I'm not getting a tour series disc. But if I'm Discraft and Alexis Mandahano goes out and starts popping off at some events, like I would like the flexibility to be able to give her a tour series disc like, midway into know, the season. Do it anyway. Which sure you could, but then like the rest of the elite team might question and be like, what yeah. the heck? Because of how the structure is. And like other other companies like Dynamic, we see them give like Kona Panis has like three or four tour series discs. Same with Ricky. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Some companies, like, I think it's just the way they've been doing it, and they kind of just get, like, stuck Because you're telling mind. me if you gave Paul, Paige, Brody, Chris Dickerson, like, four tour series discs each, that they're not moving way more? Yeah, I mean. I guess the problem is if you put Paul, Chris, Corey Ellis, and AB all on tour series buzz, then you're probably, like, it probably hurts the buzz sales. Yeah. Like I said, that's probably what they're thinking of, but. All right, well, there you have it. I believe we've covered everything. A uh, little bit of a sh- all-over-the-place show. A lot of questions out, out there have been answered this offseason, but new questions have come up that may or may not be answered, like who is the leak um, that is letting all this stuff go to Ulti World and stuff. Here's the thing, low-key. Fascinating. Low-key, we're already mid-January. All-Star Weekend sneaking up. Yeah, we're only a few weeks away. Only a few weeks more of Grip Locked Away from having disc golf, and man, am I excited. Yeah, very exciting. We also have the new preview show coming for the Las Vegas Challenge. You're not going to miss that. Speaking of new shows, we just filmed this morning the new version of Debate Night. It'll be coming out tomorrow. If you've ever seen Around the Horn, disc golf version of that, more or less, I think it's the best show on our network. It was, I was a part of it this morning. I'm not always going to be on it. Um it was probably the most fun I've ever had doing a disc golf show. I think that y'all are going to absolutely love it. I think it's what a lot of you wanted debate night to be anyways. And I think it's going to be fantastic. So very excited for everyone to be able to see that product tomorrow and hear the feedback on how we can improve it and all that. But keep your eyes out. Tomorrow, Foundation Podcast YouTube channel, or if you want to listen to it on audio, it'll be on the debate night audio feed. You want to go subscribe to a new show or anything. Very excited. Um, and, you know, Maybe this week will surprise us with more off-season news. I feel like all uh, the off-season has a little bow put on it. I feel like everyone's announced and ready to go, but who knows? Maybe there's still people you always gotta, Yeah, You always have to think there's one company just like waiting to be last, potentially. We, we I think we saw it with Ezra and Discraft a while back, where like it was like right before, yeah. I guess. So you never know. You never know. There'll be definitely something to keep an eye on, but we'll be back same time, same place with some more news next week. <laughs>